Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Fans Talk Pro Wrestling Podcast. As always, I am your host with the Hollow French Toast, Freddie Carlson, and today I am back once again to finish up our conversation from just a couple of days ago. That's right, it is part two of our rankings of NXT TakeOver's Worst to best. Unfortunately, my buddy Angelo couldn't be with us here tonight due to a scheduling conflict. However, he has encouraged me to go on with the show, and I am very happy to do so. I am very excited to do so, and I am looking forward to what we get to do here today. We are picking it up where we left off. In the last episode of the Fans Talk Pro Wrestling Podcast, we finished with number 16. That was NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2. Now we go to our top 15, our top 15 ranked NXT TakeOvers, and Angelo and I have compiled this list. We hope that you enjoy it. So without further ado, let's get to the show. So coming in at number 15 is NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver 2021. So if you recall from our last episode yesterday, uh, just a couple of days ago, NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver is the last pandemic-era show to come on the list, and it is significantly higher than any of the other pandemic-era shows that we have already looked at, and there is a major reason why. Actually, there's a few, but the biggest is that it is quality. It was taking place over WrestleMania weekend. It was the first weekend where WrestleMania would have live fans again, the first WWE show with live fans in over a year uh, due to the pandemic. Uh, Even though NXT didn't necessarily have that for themselves, they went on and had two nights of fantastic action, which is the first and to date only time that a takeover has spanned more than one night. So we will look at the two-night extravaganza card, which begun... took place in the week leading up to WrestleMania. So, on the card, we have Night 1, led off by Pete Dunne defeating Kushida. Uh, Zoe Stark defeated Tony Storm on the pre-show. Bronson Reed won a six-man gauntlet eliminator to earn a NXT North American Championship match the following night, defeating Isaiah Swerve Scott, Cameron Grimes, LA Knight, Dexter Loomis, and Leon Ruff. The ring general Walter defeated Tommaso Ciampa for the United Kingdom Championship in what was my personal favorite match of this night. MSK won a triple threat match for the vacant NXT Tag Team Championships, defeating the Grizzled Young Veterans and Legato Del Fantasma. And in the main event, Raquel Gonzalez defeated Io Shirai to become the NXT Women's Champion, beginning her reign atop the NXT Women's Division. On night two, the next night, Killian Dane and Drake Maverick defeated uh, Tyler Breeze and Fandango to earn a future NXT Tag Team title match on the pre-show. Santos Escobar won a ladder match with Jordan Devlin, later known as J.D. McDonough, uh, to unify the NXT Cruiserweight and Interim NXT Cruiserweight Championships. One heck of a ladder match. Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart defeated The Way, Candice Lorraine, and Dee Hartwell to retain the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship. Johnny Gargano defeated Bronson Reed to retain the NXT North American Championship. Karrion uh, Cross defeated Finn Balor to retain the NXT uh, to win the NXT Championship. And in the main event, Kyle O'Reilly defeated Adam Cole in a 40-minute long unsanctioned match. This was the match that they deserved uh, to have. And unfortunately, what they would have later on would not match up to that. Um, So, yeah, I think this one 
was definitely head and shoulders above all the other takeovers to take place during the pandemic era. It was a sh- uh, two nights filled with fantastic action, and it was the best byproduct that we saw during the pandemic era shows. Um, and I think that you really you struggle to find too much of weak points on these shows. Uh, the main event on both nights was really solid. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez getting her crowning moment was big. Um, Karrion Cross and Finn Balor having a match that was very good for what Karrion's NXT run would become. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole having a fantastic match. Obviously, I already touched on the ladder match for the Cruiserweight title and the United Kingdom title match. So a lot of great stuff, a lot of things that were fun, entertaining, and overall just very well put together. Um, Obviously, it is not a perfect show. The lack of fans definitely prevents it from being even higher. I definitely think this could have been a top 10 show if there were fans. Um, But just the the lack of that kind of holds it back ever so slightly, which puts it at number 15. However, it is still a fantastic show filled with fantastic matches uh, from top to bottom. And really, you can sit through both shows and enjoy everything from start to finish. Moving along to number 14 now, we get NXT TakeOver War Games 2018. This was the second iteration of the War Games pay-per-view, the 22nd TakeOver overall. Once again, the Undisputed Era would enter the War Games structure as they would take on, in the main event, a team of Pete Dunne, Ricochet, and the War Raiders uh, in a War Games match, which was fantastic. Um, Ricochet... Taking the big bump off the cage was insane. Uh, Seems to be that there's always one. Uh, A fun War Games match. Uh, I think it was the perfect example of what War Games should be. The previous year they did it a little differently. And that was also very good. But I think that overall this War Games match was the perfect example of a bunch of guys just coming together to take down a common enemy. And that concept is something I always enjoy uh, with war games also being the perfect time to do such a thing. Um, But it was a great main event elsewhere on the card. Tommaso Ciampa defeated the Velveteen dream to retain the NXT championship. Alistair Black defeated Johnny Gargano in a singles match, which was stemming from the summer rivalry that was formed with him, with them and Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, Shayna Baszler defeated Kyrie Sane 2-1 in a 2 out of 3 falls match to retain the NXT Women's Championship. And Cassius Ono lost to Matt Riddle in 6 seconds as uh, Riddle simply just knocked him out. So, a fun show. It was a good match, a a series of good matches. Uh, I think that the... uh, Biggest one is the obviously the War Games taking up the most time. I feel like the women's title for a two out of three falls match only having uh, 11 minutes of runtime a little bit shorter than what it should have been, but obviously they were trying to cut time for the main event. So I think it was a fun show carried heavily by the War Games concept and a fun War Games match in the main event. Uh, it was much better, I think, in the following year when they added the women's war games to really complement what was being done. I think having two is just the better way to go. But anyways, that takes care of number 14. And moving along to number 13, it's the last NXT TakeOver before the pandemic began. NXT TakeOver Portland taking place February 16th, 2020 from the Moda Center in Portland, Oregon. Uh, what definitely one of the more interesting places that I've ever seen them hold a takeover event. I was not expecting them to do so in Portland, Oregon, uh, but it was a very good show and it had some really fun matches, uh, hampered a little bit by a 
uh, a messy finish in the main event, but not to a point where it was a bad show by any means. At this point, you're in the top 15, you're a good show, and this one's number 13, so it's even closer to the top 10. Uh, Keith Lee defeated Dominic Dijakovic in the opener for uh, to retain the NXT North American Championship. At this point, these two guys had had some clinics together. Uh, they proved that big guys can, in fact, have a crisp and fun wrestling match and have seamless sequences, um, and this was no different. Uh, Dijakovic, unfortunately, would be thrust into the T-bar gimmick later in the year while Keith Lee was saddled with uh, really stop-start booking upon his main roster call-up at the end of the summer, uh, but he would have his crowning achievement uh, at the Great American Bash, unifying the North American and NXT championships for two weeks, uh, and then moving right along to relinquish one of them. But also on the card, t- Dakota Kai defeated Tegan Knox in a street fight as the uh, team kick former Team Kick members went to battle. Uh, Finn Balor defeated Johnny Gargano in a very fun and fast-paced singles match. Those two guys had some great chemistry, and I look forward to maybe one day seeing them lock horns again on Monday Night Raw, with Gargano now recently returning and uh, Balor leading the Judgment Day on the Red Band. Uh, Rhea Ripley defeated Bianca Belair to retain the NXT Women's Championship. Ripley was well on her way to facing the winner of the Royal Rumble, Charlotte Flair, at the Royal Rumble uh, at WrestleMania, in uh, a short time afterwards, and then would make her main roster debut uh, shortly thereafter as a mainstay there. The Broserweights, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne, defeated the Undisputed Era's Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish to win the NXT Tag Team Championships. A fun team that really entertained a lot of people. Uh, unfortunately, the team would not be able to be long-lived because of the pandemic beginning very shortly thereafter. Pete Dunne was trapped in England for a while, not able to return to America, so he had to relinquish his half of the tag team titles. Timothy Thatcher would actually come in to take that before Thatcher and Riddle would end up feuding shortly after that as well. And then in the main event, Adam Cole defeated Tommaso Ciampa to retain the NXT Championship. Uh, A 33-minute match, a fun match. Those two guys never really got a good chance besides this one time to get at it in the ring. And I always wish they had more time to do so. But between uh, Champa's return when NXT made its debut on uh, national television in 2019 through this match, they were feuding um, before Cole would go on to feud with the Velveteen Dream and, and Tommaso Champa would reignite his rivalry with Johnny Gargano. But uh, Gargano's involvement in the main event was a little bit forced, in my opinion. Um, didn't really feel like it was necessary. Didn't think that they should have gone that route. Um, I know they were looking to reignite the rivalry at what would have been TakeOver uh, Tampa Bay, but because of the pandemic starting, TakeOver Tampa Bay actually never took place, and it was just had its matches broken up into various weeks of NXT tapings for their TV broadcast, uh, at one of which they had the one final beat cinematic match where Candice LeRae turned heel, joining up with Johnny Gargano to help him defeat Tommaso Ciampa definitively, uh, making... Champa uh, kind of fall into a bit of obscurity for a bit while Gargano became one of the main heels on NXT. So another fun show, another show that had a lot of great wrestling content, the three matches, Lee and Dijakovic, Johnny Gargano, Finn Balor, and then the main event. Obviously a very filled show, had a lot of great matches, but um, I think... The um, the middle of the show needed a little bit more meat. Uh, we kind of all knew Rhea Ripley was going to retain because Bianca Belair wasn't going to come up just yet. 
Um, and even if she did, she wasn't going to be the one on the, she wasn't on the level of Charlotte Flair. They had built Rhea Ripley up really well at that point to do so. Uh, again, the Broserweights winning was fun, but um, <clears throat> it, in hindsight, it gets lost in the shuffle of time, a short-lived team between Dunn and Riddle. Uh, but yeah, so it was a good show. Uh, and definitely one of their better byproducts. Um, and it was unfortunately the last true testament of a takeover we had before the pandemic would truly take away that special aspect of a live crowd, which always made takeover so much more enjoyable uh, every time you, you turned it on. So moving along to number 12, and we're going to move to NXT TakeOver Toronto 2. Now, technically, it is not known as TakeOver Toronto 2, the number 2 not included in it, but it was the second time TakeOver came to Toronto, the first one being in 2016, and we will get to that. But right now, we're looking at TakeOver Toronto 2019. It was the 26th NXT TakeOver special, um, and it was the... Uh, part of SummerSlam weekend 2019. The next night, SummerSlam would emanate from uh, the Nova Scotia Arena, I believe, the, Sco- the Scotiabank Arena in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. This show was the culmination of a summer's long rivalry between a uh, summer long rivalry between Tommaso uh, Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole, uh, which was the most fun rivalry of 2019 in NXT, in my opinion. Uh, but we'll move along. So we have the Street Profits defeating the Undisputed Era's Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish to retain the NXT Tag Team titles in the opener. Uh, Io Shirai defeated Candice LeRae via technical submission <coughs> in the second match. The Velveteen Dream defeated Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong to retain the NXT North American Championship. Shayna Baszler defeated Mia Yim to retain the NXT Women's title. And in the main event... Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole had a two out of three falls match, which was the equivalent of three stages of hell because they did have a stipulation for each of those three falls. Um, And it was a singles match, which Cole won in the first fall. The street fight was the second fall, which was won by Gargano. And then the third fight, the third match, well, third fall, I should say, was a barbed wire steel cage match, which Adam Cole would end up winning uh, two to one to the final score. And that one as champ as Cole defeated Gargano to retain the NXT title, putting an end to their uh, year, year, nearly year-long feud, um, which I think this match was, and, and this show obviously taking its place where it is, uh, these two guys had matches at two previous takeovers earlier in the year, and all three matches were absolutely fantastic. Um, I'm huge fans of all three uh, I watched them both all back multiple times each. Um, I think this one kind of goes at the bottom because even though there's a there's a big stipulation and a lot of plunder and a lot of you know time put in, it went really long. I know three stages of hell matches are supposed to be a little bit longer, but it went 52 and a half minutes. Um, and nothing against that, but I feel like for that, it was it felt very start stop. They really didn't have a good pacing because in between the falls, you kind of felt this awkward lull. Um, one of the downsides of a two out of three falls match, even though they are an old school concept. Um, so that one was that. Plus, I feel like the plunder was a bit too much. These two guys are not guys who need to live and die by the weapon use. They're not guys who have always been. Uh, you know, defined by it in their careers, and it's not some, it's not a necessary evil for them. So I think that overall, the uh, the use of it was a bit overly done. Um, however, the rest of the card, 
uh, was bog standard for the time. A lot of fantastic wrestlers doing a great job. Uh, the tag team title match always uh, seems to deliver for takeovers, and that's going to become very apparent as we get deeper onto this list. Um, but yeah, so another solid show. It was a fun main event. The main event was a great one. Um, I, I, I'm, I know I was picking it apart, but that's compared to the other two matches, which we will see and hear about in a bit. Uh, but overall, it was a fantastic show, really enjoyable, really fun, and that's why it is high, as high as it is coming into number 12 on our list. The last show outside of our top 10 at number 11 is the inaugural NXT TakeOver War Games. On November 18th, 2017, NXT officially brought back the uh, War Games stipulation to Survivor Series weekend in Houston, Texas. Originally, this show was known as NXT TakeOver Houston, but it did not last as the War Games concept was brought back. Uh, first time ever in WWE, first time obviously ever in NXT, and boy was it exciting to see this stipulation come back. So, uh, on the um, uh, what's it called on the show, Lars Sullivan defeated Cassius Ono in the opener. Um, Alistair Black defeated the Velveteen Dream. Ember Moon defeated Kyrie Sane, Nikki Cross, and Peyton Royce in a fatal four-way for the NXT Women's Championship, which was vacant at the time. Andrade Cien Almas defeated Drew McIntyre to win the NXT Championship, and this match was the where McIntyre actually got injured. He would take the next few months off to rehab from surgery, returning the night after WrestleMania on Raw as a heel aligned with Dolph Ziggler. And then in the main event, it was a triple threat, three-on-three-on-three War Games match where the Undisputed Era's Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, and Adam Cole defeated the Authors of Pain, Akin Razor, and Roderick Strong, who would later join the UE for future War Games matches, uh, as well as Sanity, Alexander Wolfe, Eric Young, and Killian Dane. Uh, Sanity at the time was being pushed heavily in the um, NXT division. Uh, They were the tag team champions at the time. Uh, And it was a very, very fun match. And it really provided a unique twist to the War Games concept, which I was unfamiliar with at the time, largely. I had heard of it. I had seen some video clips of the old ones in WCW, but I had never seen them on the level of this. A grandiose scale in Houston, Texas. Uh, NXT also doing the three-way instead of just a uh, traditional four-on-four or five-on-five, which they would later go to. In future years, um, this show was again heavy on the war games. They doubled down on the concept. They had a really fun time using that concept to their advantage. Um, also, I just think that because of the fact that it was the inaugural war games and it was such a great match that it ranks as high as it does. Even though the undercard, besides that match, was a little bit weaker than other shows. Again, certain shows are one show or one show one match shows. And that match, as good as it might be, is not enough to propel it to head and shoulders above some of the others. Meanwhile, there are shows like this one that are head and shoulders above the rest to the point where you can watch any part of that match and and, and just know that that show was worth the while just for that match alone. So we talked a lot about in the first part of this uh, series, the other episodes... Uh, other shows that leaned heavily on their main event, but because it was just a regular quote-unquote main event, it didn't hit. It didn't hit the same way. Um, so this one definitely did with the war games concept, and it was a lot of fun, and it was something very enjoyable to watch, uh, top to bottom. Uh, 
So moving right along, we are now into the top 10. And at number 10 is NXT TakeOver Chicago 1. The first year where they went to Chicago over Money in the Bank weekend. And what a night they had. It was a fun show and a lot of big things took place. So in the opener, Roderick Strong defeated Eric Young of Sanity in a fun singles match. A match that I think is largely forgotten, but it was a very solid match if you go back and rewatch it. Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate had the show stealer for the NXT United Kingdom Championship. Uh, Dunne defeated Tyler Bate, who was the inaugural champion. Uh, These two guys were like 21 years old, if not younger at the time. So they were absolutely insane to be doing something like that. Uh, But they had a great match, and Pete Dunne won to kick off his 685-day run as champion. That would be ended uh, just under two years later by the ring general, Walter, and we'll get to that as well. Asuka defeated Nikki Cross and Ruby Riot in a triple threat match for the NXT Women's Championship. Bobby Roode defeated Hideo Itami to retain the NXT title. And in the main event, a tr- uh, ladder match between DIY and Akim and Razor of AOP, the authors of Pain, for the NXT Tag Team titles. Uh, that match was a lot of fun. You wouldn't expect two big guys like Akim and Razor to have a great ladder match, but they did. And obviously, this show is largely remembered not only for Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate, but for that moment after the match where Tommaso Ciampa turned on Johnny Gargano, breaking up DIY, severing the hearts of everyone. They had the little graphic in the bottom corner, which looked like they were going off the air with these two guys getting an emotional send-off from the crowd. Maybe they're getting called up to the main roster. Maybe their time is done. Nope. Heel turn. Everybody's hearts are broken, and Ciampa actually got injured in the match, so he would have to then miss the rest of the year not being able to capitalize on it until the better part of... 2020 or 2018 when it finally rolled around that they could finally address it at takeover new orleans so absolute insanity that they were able to have the heartstrings tugged at so hard and that moment alone could propel it into the top 10 but a strong card behind it definitely helps get it a little bit further along Moving along to number 9, we are at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3. So just a couple of months after that show in Chicago, the NXT crew went back to Brooklyn for the third straight year and they had another fantastic showing. A little bit better, in my opinion, than their their, uh, fourth effort uh, and their second effort as well. We've seen some really interesting things at Brooklyn shows and this one was no different. Uh, in the opener, Andrade Cien Almas defeated Johnny Gargano, which truly was the beginning of an arc for Gargano and for Andrade. Uh, Andrade would end up going on to win the NXT title a couple of months later and then circle back to Johnny Gargano where they would have a five-star match for the NXT title. And once again, we will get to that. Uh, but this match kind of served as the precursor of that and a lot of things that were to come built from Gargano losing this match. Sanity, who defeated the Authors of Pain, Akam and Razor. This was uh, Wolf and Young defeating them to win the NXT Tag Team titles. Aleister Black defeated Hideo Itami. Asuka defeated Ember Moon by submission to retain the NXT Women's title, which would be Asuka's final uh, takeover as champion. She would relinquish the title in between to move up to the main roster, and the title would be vacated uh, where Moon would eventually win it. And then in the main event, Drew McIntyre defeated Bobby Roode to win the NXT title, ending Roode's reign, which began in January. I was in attendance for this show, so there might be some personal bias there, but trying to put that aside, even still, this show was yet another show that was built on the the moment that the show ended on. Uh, After the main event, McIntyre was celebrating his title win when Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish would hit the ring, and Cole specifically making his WWE debut, hitting the ring and... 
winning a uh, hitting uh, a last shot on Adam on Drew McIntyre and hitting his catchphrase in the pose Adam Cole Bay Bay. Uh, everybody kind of hoped that it was happening. The rumors swirled for days, if not weeks, prior to the event that he was coming to WWE. I was in the building that night, and I can tell you for hours from the time the fans arrived in the arena through the early parts of the show and throughout the entire show, the Adam Cole Bay Bay chants were as loud as they could have ever been. And the Undisputed Era was formed that night, and the rest of NXT's next three years were shaped even in that one moment. And again, a, sh- a moment alone that carries that show into the top 10. And another solid card, especially with um, a fantastic main event between McIntyre and Rude, as well as a feel-good moment with Sanity winning the tag titles and a very pivotal early moment in the ca- uh, career arc of Johnny Gargano. So a really important show, if you think about it, uh, overall. And so it's, uh, it's something that I take very... Um, very close to heart having been there and hopefully uh many people felt the same way as well moving along to number eight uh this is one of my personal favorites if you ask for bias wise but obviously trying to be subjective as uh objective as possible when doing this uh nxt takeover dallas over wrestlemania 32 weekend wrestlemania 32 was a more of a dud of a show and i'm sure a lot of people would agree with that concept but this show right here was anything but and it was really a revelation that nxt was going to be able to hang no matter what with their main roster counterparts this show leaned heavily on the anticipated, highly anticipated WWE in-ring debut of Shinsuke Nakamura, one of the greatest talents to ever come out of New Japan, came to WWE, and nobody knew what to expect, but everybody wanted to see it, and his match with Sami Zayn was absolutely incredible all 20 minutes had the fans on the edge of their seat it was the first time I had ever heard the fight forever chant and those two guys just created masterful work that night a fun match a beautiful thing no nothing on the line other than these two guys just wanting to beat the the crap out of each other and prove who's the better man Nakamura picking up the win a fun 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 night for uh, Nakamura and the entire NXT show just off of that But then you have a near five-star classic in the opener as American Alpha finally defeated the Revival to win the NXT Tag Team titles and the emotion included in that moment, the feel-good moment that we had of, of Jordan and Gable getting to hoist those titles above their heads. It was just pure elation and an amazing match. Also on the card, Asuka defeated Bailey, ending her long run and to begin Asuka's own long run, which at the time would make her the longest reigning NXT Women's Champion of all time. Um, she would have that record later broken by Shayna Baszler, uh, but Bailey losing that night. Uh, looked like she might be going up to the main roster, but she didn't. She stuck around a few more months, had one more match with Asuka before doing so. Austin Aries also defeated Baron Corbin. And in the main event, Finn Balor once again defeated Samoa Joe to retain the NXT Championship. But obviously, this show built heavily, as I said, along the lines of Nakamura's debut. A beautiful opener in the tag title match. And a really pivotal moment with Asuka defeating Bayley. Three key moments to define NXT and the pillars of NXT's history of what they were so good at at that time. They were at the height of their popularity. They were at the height of the black and gold era. And things were really trending upwards for NXT at that time. An amazing show. Almost universally top to bottom. 
At number seven, we're going to go from uh, to another show that I happen to be live in attendance for, NXT TakeOver 25 from the Webster Bank Arena in Bridgeport, Connecticut, June 1st, 2019, the 25th NXT TakeOver special, main evented once again by Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole, and this match... I I I I mean I don't have many words to say. Having been there in person, just trust me when I tell you that match was just pure, pure magic. Those two guys created. It was the beginning of Adam Cole's 400-day-long NXT Championship reigns, a reign that would uh, go on to define his career and his time in WWE. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, a very very beautiful main event. Uh, that really carried that show, uh, which was an interesting uh, location for the 25th NXT TakeOver, but nonetheless, a fun show uh, Top uh, on that one. Uh, the opener was a fun ladder match for the vacant NXT Tag Team titles as the Street Profits defeated Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch, the Undisputed Era, and the Forgotten Sons, which was their crowning moment, another feel-good moment a la American Alpha, for a team that had worked very hard to get there and really deserved it. And it was the true moment where the Street Profits showed they had so much potential as a team and eventually would translate that to their beautiful matches on the main roster with the Usos earlier this year. The Velveteen Dream defeated Tyler Breeze to retain the NXT North American title. Shayna Baszler defeated Io Shirai to retain the NXT Women's title. And as I've already mentioned, the main event, Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano in a 31-minute barn burner for the NXT Championship 110%. If you don't watch their third match at Toronto, watch this one and especially watch their first one. Once again, we'll get to it, but this one was just perfect. I, I don't think there's anything they could have done better in this match. I was there for it. I saw it with my own eyes. Watching it back on the network doesn't do it justice, but it still shows you the beauty and the magnificence of what they portrayed that night. So if you have a chance to watch it, go ahead and do so. Rounding out just before the top five, another show from 2019. It's our highest-ranked War Games, NXT TakeOver War Games 2019, the third annual edition of the show, which marked Finn Balor's return to the NXT TakeOver card after a few years away. On this one, it was the, also the debut of the Women's War Games match, as Team Ripley, Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, and Dakota Kai, uh, which also saw the heel turn of Dakota Kai attacking uh, Tegan Knox. And therefore, it was really a four-on-two War Games match, which was still won by Candice and Rhea, defeating Team Baszler, Shayna Baszler, Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, and Kaylee Ray. Uh, this was also during a Survivor Series weekend where NXT was going to be involved on the very next show, uh, the very next night. And it was going to be a very interesting concept, a very interesting dynamic of these guys are facing one another tonight, and then they're they're teaming up to take down Raw on the next show. Uh, and some of these guys had the crap beat out of the guys and girls had the crap beat out of them and still went in there and did fantastic. Uh, people like Shayna, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, Shayna, Rhea, Candice, um, EO all going out and having a fantastic showing the next night. Pete Dunne then defeated Damian Priest and Killian Dane via pinfall and a triple threat match to become the number one contender for the NXT title the next night at Survivor Series. Uh, then there was the main event, which was another War Games match. Uh, Finn Balor defeated Matt Riddle. In a singles match, and then in the main event, Team Champa, Tommaso Champa, Keith Lee, Kevin Owens, and Dominic Dijakovic defeated the Undisputed Era in another War Games match. Uh, the surprise of Kevin Owens coming to NXT for one night, which added intrigue to the following show and whether or not he was actually going to be on Raw's side if, because he was on Team Raw. So 24 hours later, he was actually facing 
uh, Keith Lee and Tommaso Ciampa in uh, uh, the Survivor Series 5-on-5. Five five. So it was a very interesting dynamic that this show provided. But not only that, it was a very fun show. Both War Games matches delivered, had such unique, intri- uh, intricate details p- provided in them. And it was a great show. Even though there was only four matches on the main card, the two War Games matches put this show such a permanent place in my memory. I loved everything about it. Uh, all four matches are one that I vividly remember watching for the first time and saying this was fun. Uh, that triple threat is another really good one. It's a very uh, low-key uh, f- uh, flamer, if you will. It was a great one to watch. So if, if you get a chance to rewatch this show, definitely go and do so. But just misses out on the top five, and that's because at number five, we have NXT TakeOver Toronto 1. So once again, they were not numbered in the Toronto shows, but nonetheless, we are going to look at the show in Toronto. On November the twenty, the 19th, 2016, NXT went to the Air Canada Centre in Toronto, Ontario, Canada for NXT TakeOver Toronto. Uh, this match, which for me was the biggest thing of them all, um, we had Bobby Roode defeat Ty Dillinger in a battle of two Canadians in their hometown. Uh, really cool to see that, and they had a fun match. Uh, AOP, Authors author of Pain, uh, defeated uh, TM61, Nick Miller, and Shane Thorne to win the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic uh, with Paul Ellering suspended above the ring in a shark cage. Uh, an interesting one, but uh, the right call with AOP winning. They would go on to become Tag Team Champions a few months later. Uh, Asuka defeated Mickey James, who was making a surprise one-off appearance for WWE at the time uh, for the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, this was back in 2016, so she had yet to make her full-time return to SmackDown and Raw, which she would do about a month and a half later. But it was really cool to see Mickey make her return there. Uh, Samoa Joe defeated Shinsuke Nakamura to win the NXT Championship for a second time. Uh, but I skipped, that was in the main event, but I skipped over the match in the middle of the card, which was my personal favorite match of this show, one of my favorite matches of all time, a match that I can go back and rewatch time and time again and never get tired of it. DIY, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa defeating the Revival to finally win the NXT Tag Team titles in a 2-1 final score of a 2-3 out of three falls match between the two best teams in the world at the time. Uh, this match is the definition of what tag team wrestling is and always should be. These guys had a clinic. They went out there and they had a fantastic match, top to bottom, inside and out. There is not one bad thing I can say about it, and the fact that it was not rated five stars blows my mind. But be that as it may, the finish was fantastic, the psychology was fantastic, the in-ring work was fantastic. You figure that four guys who have such chemistry with one another should have had more time to work together, and it's a shame that they didn't, but Damn, was it great while it lasted. Heavily, heavily, heavily recommended. If you have not watched this match, go back and do so. And even if you have, go back and rewatch it again. I know I kind of want to do it now after talking about it. So this show dominated by that match, and it's in the top five almost entirely because of that. At number four, we are going to take over Philadelphia just a couple of years later on January 27, 2018, Royal Rumble weekend in Philadelphia. NXT TakeOver went there and it produced its first five-star match and the first five-star match in WWE in seven years. Uh, that This show was led off by the Undisputed Era's uh, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly defeating AOP to retain the NXT Tag Team Championships. The Velveteen Dream would defeat Cassius Ono. Ember Moon would defeat Shayna Baszler to retain the NXT Women's title. 
Alistair Black defeated Adam Cole in a very fun Extreme Rules match, and this one was main evented by that five-star classic I just mentioned, Andrade Cien Elmas versus Johnny Gargano in an NXT Championship match. It was unbelievable. It was beautiful. The match was five stars. And man, 32 minutes of absolute mayhem and carnage. You have to watch this match. There is no question in my mind. It is a must, 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 must watch for anyone and everyone who is a fan of professional wrestling. They had such a fantastic match, which stemmed from that match back at TakeOver Brooklyn 3 about six months prior. As I told you, it had such great build to it. It had history. It had synchronized moments that needed to happen. And to top it all off after a five-star classic, the moment where Tommaso Ciampa comes back and breaks the crutch over the back of a hurt and broken Johnny Gargano, who couldn't believe he lost. His wife is helping him to the back, and Ciampa breaks the crutch over his back, returning to NXT, saying, I'm coming to take care of what I started, and just giving that little wave. Oh, man, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. You have to go and watch everything about it. Another show heavily put forth by their main event and that closing segment. Those two things combined put it here. Aleister Black and Adam Cole's Extreme Rules match is, is fun as well. It's a really cool match with a lot of useful plunder, things that make sense. So just go back and rewatch those last two matches, especially the main event. If you just got time for one, watch that main event. Such a worthwhile time. You will not be disappointed. At number three is NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 1, the very first show on the road. We talked a lot about the shows before NXT hit the road, the five takeovers beforehand. This was the first time they went on the road, and they went to Brooklyn over SummerSlam weekend and produced one of the most important matches in the history of the promotion. Uh, In this show... Jushin Thunder Liger came to WWE for a one match only. His only time he ever wrestled in the company as he took on Tyler Breeze and he won in the opener. The Vaude Villains defeated Blake and Murphy to win the NXT Tag Team Championships in what was at the time one of the most celebrated parts of the show. Everyone was so happy for the Vaude Villains and then they just kind of fell off the face of the earth very quickly. Uh, but a great match and a fun decision to have them win. Uh, Apollo Crews defeated Ty Dillinger. Samoa Joe defeated Baron Corbin via technical submission. Uh, Bailey defeated Sasha Banks in that beautiful match that I'm talking about, and I'm going to dive back into it in a minute. And then Finn Balor defeated Kevin Owens in a ladder match to retain the NXT title. It would be Owens' last match in NXT before full-time moving up to the main roster. He would become Intercontinental Champion just a few months later. But going back to Bailey and Sasha, Bailey defeating her to win the NXT Women's title. It was 18 minutes long, the match, and it felt like it was over in a heartbeat and you wanted them to go for an hour because those two ladies put on the greatest women's wrestling match of all time. And I don't like to separate them uh, from, you know, in terms of that, but that match was beautiful. They had, they have such great chemistry whenever they work together. And it was the definition <clears throat> of what the heel babyface dynamic should be, of what women's wrestling could and should be. And it was the true catalyst for the change that WWE so desperately needed to make and started to do so after they saw the reactions to this match. It changed everyone's mind and reminded them of what could be, should be, and thankfully has become ever since then. Bailey and Sasha revolutionized the business in 18 minutes and 22 seconds on that night. And Bailey getting her crowning moment in Brooklyn, the hug with her and Sasha and the rest of the four horsewomen after. It was storytelling emotion, beautiful wrestling, everything you want, and perfection 
in almost every sincere form of the word. What a night in Brooklyn, and what a way to start off a new era in NXT. At number two, we're getting to the very end here. Number two is NXT TakeOver New Orleans. WrestleMania 34 weekends festivities took place in the New Orleans area. And it was a fun night where we finally got to see Champa and Gargano get their hands on one another after a long, long wait. Nearly a year of waiting, and it finally happened. In that same show was the amazing six-man ladder match where Adam Cole defeated Killian Dane, Ricochet, Lars Sullivan, EC3, and the Velveteen Dream to become the inaugural NXT North American Champion. Later in the night, he would help Kyle O'Reilly defeat the Authors of Pain, uh, as well as Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong in a triple threat match to determine not only the winners of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, but the NXT Tag Team Champions. Roderick Strong turning heel in that match, joining the UE. Cole would complete his triple crown that night by winning the tag titles and the North American title on the same show, even though the Freebird rule would come into play and uh, Strong and Kyle would defend the titles from there on. Shayna Baszler defeated Ember Moon to retain the NXT Women's title. Uh, Aleister Black defeated Andrade Cien Almas to win the NXT Championship. And in the main event, Johnny Gargano defeated Tommaso Ciampa in an unsanctioned match. And since he won, Gargano was reinstated to NXT. Champa uh, had talked Gargano into getting himself fired by putting his career on the line against um, Andrade Cien Almas. Uh, in a match for the NXT title on NXT TV shortly before, Champa would kind of get his wish. Gargano would be gone, but he wouldn't leave him alone. So they signed the contract. Gargano would get his job back if he defeated Champa in an unsanctioned match. They went for 37 minutes, and this is the pinnacle of what they needed to do. They had their last man standing match in Chicago. It was a fun match, but it didn't match up to the beginning. They had their uh, sorry, they had their street fight in Chicago, and it didn't match up. They had their last man standing match in Brooklyn. It was good, but it didn't match up. This was the best part of it because Gargano needed the win. Gargano had been, you know, hurt and knocked down and so, so forced out of the contention of everything that he had built himself up to be. So having this win solidified Gargano as still a top guy in NXT and it kept his job and everything was just so great about it. But this show overall really doesn't have any downsides except for maybe the women's title match just being a bit... Short Shayna Baszler's reign was not bad, but it um, it just kind of got a little bit draggy at points. But nonetheless, uh, overall, things on this show, all in the up and up. But there is only one NXT TakeOver that, in me and Angelo's eyes, is absolutely perfect. And that takes place in Brooklyn, but it wasn't a part of the Brooklyn series. It was April, April 5th, 2019, from the Barclays Center, NXT TakeOver, New York. A part of the WrestleMania 35 weekend festivities, our favorite number one ranked best NXT TakeOver of all time, NXT TakeOver New York. And you want to know why? Because there is not a bad match on this show. Now, we just talked about New Orleans where there wasn't a bad match, but we were able to pinpoint one where maybe things just slowed a little bit, ever so slightly. On this show, it went 110 miles an hour from the opening bell of the first match to the final bell of the last match, and it was Perfect, and there is no doubt that this is the definition of a perfect professional wrestling show. So on this card, we had the opener, 
uh, being Aleister Black and Ricochet challenging Hanson and Rowe, the War Raiders, for the NXT Tag Team titles. Uh, Black and Ricochet would almost win, just missed out, and they would not come away with the titles, uh, but they had their swan song as they would move up to the main roster just a couple of nights later at WrestleMania, having a tag team title match on the SmackDown side of things over there at WrestleMania. Uh, then the Velveteen Dream defeated Matt Riddle to retain the North American Championship. Walter ended the 685-day reign of uh, Pete Dunne as, North Amer- as the United Kingdom Champion. Uh, it began Walter to embark on over two years as the United Kingdom Champion before he lost it to Ilya Dragunov, as we talked about yesterday. Uh, that match is uh, would have been the match of the night. I mean, these two guys had an absolute barn burner, and uh, they... They just they got outshined by the main event. We're going to get to that. Shayna Baszler won a fatal four-way with Bianca Belair, Eos Shirai, and Kairi Sane to retain the NXT Women's title in one of her best, if not her best, match in her title reigns, or two title reigns as NXT Women's Champion. And then in the main event, Johnny Gargano defeated Adam Cole 2-1 to one in a two-out-of-three falls match for the vacant NXT title, which had been vacated uh, by Tommaso Ciampa needing to have neck surgery. Uh, so Gargano and Ch- and Cole in the first of their trilogy, we talked earlier about their third match in the trilogy in Toronto, the two out of three falls hell in a uh, still, um, three stages of hell match, which was won by Cole. Uh, then there was their, uh, takeover 25 match, which was also won by Adam Cole, but it was their second one where he ended up winning the, the NXT title, uh, from Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano won that title here in New York, the crowning moment of Johnny Gargano's career, the moment he had waited so many years for. All those failures, all those trials and tribulations, he couldn't beat Tommaso Ciampa, he couldn't beat Andrade Cien Almas, but he finally, finally got to the mountaintop by defeating Adam Cole to become the NXT champion. On this night, 2-1 to one in a 2 out of 3 falls match, these two guys... At a five-star classic, and Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole solidified forever that that night was the best night in NXT history, the best night in the career of Johnny Gargano, even in defeat, the, one of the best nights in the WWE career of Adam Cole. It was the perfect definition of a show. Walter and Pete Dunne went for 25 minutes, and they would have been the match of the night on 99.9% of match cards that they were on and any show that they were on. And they take second place to a match that was unbelievable and so much better. It's almost insane to imagine how you can be leaps and bounds better than a match than what Walter and Pete Dunne had on that night. And then, to top it off, you have three other supporting matches which really go out and show a beautiful example of why each and every match on this card and each and every person on this roster at the time was at the top of their game. Riddle and the Dream had a great match. Um, the opener was one of my favorite tag team title matches that NXT ever produced, and their tag team title reigns and matches have been the best part of almost every takeover they've had, as you've seen throughout these rankings. And even the Fatal 4-Way for the women's title was a beautiful match. So well put together, so much fun. Everything was perfect on this show. Top to bottom, 
and that is why it is the number one ranked best NXT TakeOver special to ever happen in the 36 iterations of the show that we were able to be blessed with over the course of time. That's obviously, once again, subjective to Angelo and I's discussion. However, we believe that there is very little room for debate amongst those top two, especially with our number one pick. It's not just a bias because we've lived in New York. We weren't at that show. Neither Angelo nor myself were in Brooklyn that night at the Barclays Center on TakeOver New York, and we kick ourselves every day that we should have been. You know, there's so much that we could have done. There's so much, only so much that we could do. That was a show that you needed to be at. Anyone who was there knows how amazing it was. And to anyone who wishes they were there like me, you wish you ended up buying that ticket that you decided not to get. Because it was a must-see show. Everything about it was unbelievably perfect. And for one night, NXT showed the world that no matter where you go, no matter who you are, no matter what you do, we are NXT. Then, now, and forever. Black and gold, 2.0, hybrid, doesn't matter. It still counts. So that'll do it for another edition of the Fans Talk Pro Wrestling Podcast. I have been your host with the Hall of French Toast, Freddie Carlson, and I thank you on behalf of Angelo, who couldn't make it for part two, for taking this ride with us, and we look forward to seeing more of you guys very, very soon here on the pod. So with that, thank you again. Please like, share, and subscribe. And as always, always remember to never be afraid to be a fan. Thank you all so much. God bless, and we'll see you again very very soon.